Time now for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment. After last night's carnage on Wall Street, I suppose carnage, 799 points, isn't that startling these days? But I thought we might have been worse off today on the JSC, Wayne, but only down around about a percent. So not bad. No, not bad at all, because there was some developments after the US market closed after that massive collapse in that China seemed to commit itself more to settling trade with a trade war dispute and president trump and his administration also came out with more positive noise that some sort of deal can be reached and will be reached within the is a three-month time period etc so there was a lot more positive news coming out of trade whereas yesterday when the u.s market was open all the news about trade was actually a little bit negative that there wasn't any deal that president trump didn't present the facts correctly Hmm. and a lot of people said he actually lied about the facts so yes a lot actually changed overnight which is the big reason why our market didn't get a complete smack and the u.s futures look slightly up but look this this sort of you know positive news negative news scenario is probably going to persist until a deal is actually announced or there is an an announcement that there's no deal so we're just going to have to get used to this you know, sort of almost good story, bad story type of scenario until something is actually put down on paper that both parties agree to. But I think there is Mm. almost a feeling, a willingness that a deal will be struck by both administrations because despite all of President Trump's noise around the trade deal and put America first, you know, if no deal is reached, America will suffer. It might not suffer as much as China and other emerging markets like South Africa, but America will not come out of this positive if there is no deal, and certainly their stock market won't. Now, what worries me a little bit about this um, this sort of gung-ho attitude of President Trump, yes. to, he gets a smile from somebody and he translates that smile as a deal being done, but there still isn't any yes. detail in the deal itself because they haven't said how no. many agricultural products, how many industrial products, what value will go between the United States and China and vice versa, more importantly, the Chinese buying the US goods. It's just like the Saudi Arabia deal and it's just like the South African investment conference with Cyril Ramaphosa. Some of the deals that Ramaphosa put on the table were already in the pipeline and the same thing with Saudi Arabia and the US and I haven't seen any detail about how much will be bought that sort of thing worries me a bit yeah but look you must remember fundamentally they're all politicians so there's a few characteristics about politicians that are global first of all they Mm. love big numbers they love to come out with a massive number but just don't query them too much about where that number came from and on how it came about and, you know, the, the background behind it. Because, quite frankly, in all of these things, there's a massive amount of double counting. And remember remember all of the benefits that were supposed to spin off to South Africa in respect of the, the arms deal, of how the, the benefit to the South African economy would be 10 times bigger than the arms deal. I mean, we never saw any substantiation of those amounts coming through. 
and even the latest uh, efforts by President Ramaphosa and Saudi Arabia and all of this. I mean, you would want to come here and build a smelter when we haven't got enough electricity to keep the lights on all day. Yeah. So just be, be always be very cautious about any politician when they claim landmark deals and they start swinging big numbers around. Exactly. If Saudi uh, Arabia or Kuwait… always a little bit of smoke and mirrors there. Mm, yeah, the UAE, for example, might say in front of everybody on a stage in Johannesburg, in front of luminaries and in front of the media, yes, we commit 10 billion US dollars to South Africa. And they say that. And then when it comes to phoning them up and saying, by the way, can you transfer a 50% deposit on yeah. whatever it is you're buying? They say, we can't really do that because you can't provide power to the factory want we want to build. And so the yes. 10 billion I said I was going to invest in your country is actually off the table until you can make certain yeah. guarantees. It's a lot of nonsense, yeah. actually. Yeah, look, it is. But I mean, you, we be dealing with politicians. And it doesn't matter what party, eh? politicians are strange creatures. I'd say so. Talking about strange creatures, the market has been a strange creature this year. We'll do a proper yes. year in review before you go away on your well-deserved holiday, Wayne. But it really has been very testing time for people like yourself. Yes. Look, I mean, it hit through 60s on the good news and now it's down at 51. And it's a lot of issues. One thing I can say with a reasonable amount of confidence, and I know I will put a lot of people's back up by this and they'll dispute it and they'll say I'm out of touch with reality and all of this. Yes. The domestic South African conditions have improved. There is no doubt in comparison to last year, South Africa as an isolated unit is a better place. There is still a massive path to go and we still have many, many challenges. But very simplistically, you can just put it in two things. President Zoom is no longer president and the Guptas don't even live here anymore. Right. So just on those two facts themselves, South Africa, as, an, as I said, as an isolated unit is better off this year than what it was next year. There's still a massive path to go and we hope that we continue walking down that path. The only negative is this uncertainty around land. But even then, I don't think, I honestly don't think there's much to worry about here because they're just going to amend the constitution by giving the rules, we're not all going to lose our land, as a lot of people are going to say, but that is an uncertainty that still persists. Most of the negative news has come from overseas, and it's rising interest rates in America and Trump and trade wars. That's the biggest single negative that's affected ourselves and our stock market over this last year. But hopefully, as we spoke about earlier on, we're getting towards the end of that particular path relatively soon for better or for worse by the way mm. but we'll know we'll know the end result of that relatively soon i would think okay let me put something again that i've been putting to other commentators today what worries me one of my many worries is the sensitivity to the downside and negative news in the United States of yes. America. But uh, after the, uh, the carnage last night, there has been some sort of recovery. But the US stock market is essentially flat for the year, maybe slightly negative yes. uh, now. The South African market is down maybe 13% in rand terms. I don't know what it's down in dollar terms. Now, if if there's the 15, 20, 25% correction that so many people are, are calling for because of the cyclical nature of the equity market, then right. we've, we've got more to go here. In other words, we've gone down while the, rest, while the US has been flat. If the US yep. goes down, we're going to go down another 10, 15%. And that's a scary prospect. Yeah, look, that is possible. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I'm not saying we can't get more weakness. 
But essentially the driver, forget trade wars for a second, essentially the driver of this equity market weakness is rising American interest rates. Now, I think we're getting towards the end of that cycle now. The long bond has gone up to 3%. It seems very reluctant to go higher. So it's gone from 1.5 to 3. American short-term interest rates have risen from a quarter percent up to the current level. And the American Federal Reserve is now making noises that they're very close to what they call the equilibrium interest rate. But most importantly of all, the one thing that really puts everything else into the shadows is there's no underlying inherent inflation pressures in America. And for those reasons, I don't think the stock market will make a major, major correction. It's already fallen a little bit. Certainly the FANG shares have fallen quite significantly. And maybe that's where the overvaluation was in the market. So, you know, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but even the most pessimistic view of mine would be what you've said, another 10 or 15%. And there's one very good thing about equity market corrections is if you're not scared, it gives you the chance to buy shares at a decent price. Because after every correction, there is a recovery. I would love to speak to somebody who on December the 31st last year had a a sheet of 40 or 50 stocks on the JSC Securities Exchange, went away for a year and then came back on January the 1st of 2019 and says, right, let's see the performances of these shares because that person would then be able to completely dismiss all the noise and all the fundamentals and say, the property market's down 25% for goodness sake. There are some good quality companies there. There's some rubbish in there. And I think that would be a lovely way to actually look at 2019. No, very much so. I mean, you look at the, the big fall in the property is very specific to and, and a, a few companies. It's not general. The whole property market itself hasn't turned down so much. It was very much, you know, the whiff of scandals and various things that's caused one of the big players or two or three of the big players to actually take an almighty correction. But most of the weakness this year has actually not been in South African shares per se. I know there's been a few of them, but you take the big weakness, British American Tobacco, Anheuser-Busch, mm. Naspers, and they're the ones that have truly taken a beating, and they are such big constituents that they've brought the whole market down. You know, the banks are more or less where they were. The retailers are a bit lower. You know, the life insurance are a bit lower. But like Anheuser-Busch is down 30%, BTI is down 30%, Naspers is down 30%. Now then, now, then, of course, you've got, you know, Aspen falling and Mediclinic falling and a few other things. But the MTN, true you, haven't, fall, you, haven't, you haven't mentioned MTN. Yeah, MTN, yeah, mm. yeah. MTN coming down significantly. But that's not really a South African economy story. That's a Nigerian story. Yeah. But yes, but the two big weights, the heavy ones, are actually the dual listed ones, the non-South African shares, you can argue. Wayne, thank you very much. We'll have our last chat for 2018, I think, this time next Wednesday. That's Wayne McCurry. Wayne is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg.